100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. When it comes to optics, I get the same question over and over again. What are the best all-around binoculars? Well, it's tough to find something that works in every condition great, but after using a pair of Maven B1.2 10x42s, I think I found them. They feature an 8x or a 10x option, superior low light performance, tack sharp edge-to-edge clarity, a generous depth of field, and a silky focus mechanism. All of Maven Optics have a lifetime no-fault warranty and hail from the great state of Wyoming. I've been using Maven Optics since I bought my first pair in 2017, and I think you should test them out for yourself. Head over to mavenbuilt.com and use the code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full price optics order. For all of those that want a truck bed cover for work or play, Diamondback makes the top of the line heavy duty covers that help you do more with your truck. They're perfect for the truck owning, avid sportsmen, outdoor enthusiasts, and weekend project warriors. I'm currently using the HD cover that can is capable of holding up to 1,600 pounds on the top. And then I have the Yakima overhaul HD bars on top so I can put my rooftop tent on it. When I'm not using my rooftop tent and able to use the trifold design of the Diamondback, I have the Crossbin 8 in there to organize all of my stuff in the back of my truck bed. Diamondback is made right here in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. If you want to check them out, head over to diamondbackcovers.com. If you've wanted that hunting camp tradition that we talk about, that experience, but you don't have a hunting camp of your own, you're welcome to come stay at my hunting camp up here in the Pennsylvania wilds called the Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA wilds. So if you go over to Airbnb, you can check out our three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath house that's right in the heart of Pennsylvania elk country. It's only minutes away from a bunch of public land to be able to hunt, hiking trails, outdoor recreation, fishing, all of those things there. The house is completely fully stocked with everything that you need to be able to, to spend a week hunting deer, taking your family up to see the elk, anything like that. So if you head over to Airbnb and search Elk Cross and Getaway in the PA Wilds, you'll find my listing there and you can rent out my house to send us a message and inquiry that you're interested in it and mention that you heard it on the podcast here, then we'll get you 10% off of your first day. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I am joined by two of my, well actually three of my friends, Jason Red, Nathan Killen, and Bill Thompson of Spartan Forge. And this is actually pulled from an Instagram live event that we did answering people's questions and just kind of talking about some of our plans with hunting the rut and, uh, you know, how to deal with some of these conditions that, that we've been dealt and throughout the, the country and weather conditions and all these different things. But so this, this episode, like I said, we just recorded that about a week ago. It's going out now. I'm going to keep this intro pretty short and sweet. I'm just finishing this up here before I'm heading to the airport to, to fly out to Alberta. So I'll be gone. Um, while this comes out, I'll already be up there at the bow zone, uh, hunting with Jim hole and, uh, the Sika crew there with, well, actually it's just Chris, Derek and myself. We're the only two that are hunting up there this week and doing some product testing and hope, hoping for some redemption up there. So looking forward to that. I do have some news that, uh, this past Friday, November the 4th, I ended up filming my Pennsylvania buck tag with a real nice, I believe he's a four-year-old, maybe maybe five, probably four-year-old, eight-point, uh, beautiful buck, just big frame on him, shot him at, that was my last evening I had to hunt, I was going to be able to hunt that Saturday morning, but that was the last evening, and then uh, before heading to Alberta, and it was 70-some degrees, and I made a move after not seeing deer for two and a half days, and moved to a creek bottom spot and I I'm actually going to I'm going to save the story but uh let's just say I made a move and uh it all worked out but I will I will tell the the full story on that and just kind of explain my uh how how the rut was kind of going for me here at a at a later date but uh for now I just want to leave everyone with just the the thought process this is about the time when you start getting wore out if you've been hunting a lot or you're just kind of like, hey, like, you know, I'm not seeing the rut happening in my areas, all these different things. Just know that anything can change in a matter of seconds. And mine was 100% proof of that. I was getting pretty, pretty confused on, you know, what to do and just the lack of everything that I was seeing. Um, it was, it was tough and it's just, at this point it becomes mental more than the, the strategy side of things in my opinion so stick with it and uh you never know what could happen in a short amount of time so with that being said i hope everyone has a great rest of the rut here and, and deer hunting whatever you're out there doing i appreciate listening to the podcast and uh we will catch you next week is jason joining or what's he doing I sent him a text. I hadn't heard back from him. He's an ill. I sent him a text on how to join. So, okay, I sent him an invite. But awesome. So Nathan, you spending uh, the next week there or what? Yep, yep, through next week. So I've got uh, eight days, I think, to hunt. Nice. Yep. Uh, hopefully, you can repeat last year a little bit. Yeah, that'd be nice. These temperatures aren't looking too encouraging, though. So. <laughs> No, they're not at all. <laughs> I know. I uh, So I'll be in Pennsylvania for the next yeah, eight days, too, before I leave. And I was like, man, this is not looking great. But uh, I guess just, you know, work with what you got. That's all you can do. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's that's all, all you can do. Are you are you camping? Or are you uh, 
what are you doing as far as like how's no, your camp setup look? We've got a cabin rented. Okay. There's going to be four of us in camp. So, yeah. Hey, Jason just requested to join Bo. All right. Let me see here. Oh, yeah. Timber Ninja. He's fashionably late. Yeah, <laughs> there, there he is. You. Look at that beard. The bearded man. <laughs> it's looking pretty gray. I know. <laughs> I know you're so jealous because you can't grow one. Yeah, I know I can't, but I got this beautiful mustache, Jason, so that's yeah. all there is to it. <laughs> oh, a lot of work goes in that thing. I do my best. <laughs> mm. Nice. Yeah. So, Bill, what are you up to? You're in a car somewhere. I'm driving to, I'm almost to Michigan. I'm going to be hunting uh, with the good man, uh, Ted Nugent, tomorrow and Saturday. Dang. Wow. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. We'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, that's that sounds like a blast. I watched I watched Ted in concert like two years ago. He played at some little thing in Ohio. I drove there to go go watch him play. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm gonna be on his ranch. Uh I'm gonna do uh my fiance actually hooked it up for me, but I'm gonna be doing goat or something, some kind of ram or something tomorrow, and then a pig the next day. <laughs> Sounds like native to I'm Michigan. I'm just going to try to get him to join the Spartan Forge team. That's my whole goal. <laughs> yeah, that that would be pretty sick if you had Nugent on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. Does it predict, like, sheep movement? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, that's funny. Jason, what would you see tonight? Or today? Squirrels. Squirrels. Any like big squirrels or? Yeah, gray squirrels here in Illinois, pretty good size, I will say. Uh, I had a turkey gobbling his head off this morning. That was pretty fun. Really? Yeah, yeah. But uh, Were they in rut? I guess. Huh? The, uh, the deer movement's been, well, I've seen a good number of deer just, uh, you know, what well, we, I got here yesterday, hunted yesterday morning because I knew where to go into and um, <clears throat> went to a spot that was a good crossing and a uh, pinch point that I had seen some good buck tracks going back and forth when I was here in October and went back and that crossing was dry. So I just went ahead and set up anyway that morning. And then after about daylight, I looked and there was a tree stand about 25 yards from me. So that kind of, <laughs> that kind of explains the dried up sign, but scouted all yesterday and we we didn't hardly see any sign and then um found one scrape hunting it last night got that a crossbow hunter came through i'd heard some rattling this morning so felt like somebody was in there and then yep saw a crossbow guy come through and then found some good sign after that and said it this afternoon scrape about three scrapes opened up this morning so um We'll see how it plays out in the morning, but it's been pretty slow in Illinois. No, gotcha. Nathan, have you have you been hunting recently here? Uh, not in Ohio. I've been hunting a little bit back home, and plus I spent a week in uh, North Dakota. Uh, that that was an absolutely awesome trip. Uh, very a uh, little bit of de- very little deer movement, but it was hot up there. It's actually hotter up there than it was back home. But uh, I'm I'm definitely going back. That is incredible country so 
Yeah, that's awesome. Excited for that. No, that's that's awesome. You said you're going back. Oh yeah, it's it'll be a couple of years because hopefully draw uh, Iowa next year, and uh, then uh, I'll make my way back up there. I should be able to draw Iowa next year too. Actually, yeah, I'm excited for that. No, I, I, I've, I've been looking at that for a long time. Everyone says it's a freaking blast. Jason was telling me about it there too, but I was, um, I was out in PA tonight. And, uh, so I had a problem, Bill, remember when I had that problem with my Google drive, like a couple months ago? Well, I had another issue last night where I lost a whole bunch of other stuff and it, no explanation. So anyways, I was up till four in the morning trying to recover a bunch of important uh, files that I obviously didn't have backed up because that's not the smart idea. Um, but anyways, I, I was up, so I didn't go out in the morning cause I was up till four and then, uh, went out this afternoon and I saw a big fisher in the tree. Um, so the second one I've saw this year and then turkeys all around me, uh, and they roosted like 15 yards from me and these hemlocks on the side of the hill. And, and, uh, every single time they would come back in, I'm like, here he comes. This is that big deer coming in. And, and, uh, just, there was no deer, just turkeys. <laughs> Pretty typical. Oh. But but I did get a text at like, so my uncle texted me at four, or he sent me a, a video at like 4.35 of his setup. And I'm like, man, that looks beautiful. And at 4.45, he texted me BBD. I'm like, what? Like, how does this, ha- <laughs> how does that happen? And, and he shot a, a big five-year-old 10 point um, the, this morning coming in or this, this evening coming in it was awesome i just that's where i just got back from i literally walked through the door ran in through took my hunting clothes threw them on the ground and threw on a shirt and jumped in here so it was uh it's pretty exciting to get that kind of started off here as uh as we're getting into the the rut phases that's for sure so are you guys seeing very much uh, uh scrape action up there so the last three days they've opened up like crazy i mean it went from nothing like i was checking I cover. I was scouting four different counties, and I couldn't find a scrape. I couldn't buy a scrape if I wanted to, and and uh, just now it's everywhere I go. They're just opened right up, so it's it's definitely picking up quite a bit. That's for sure. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. which should be pretty similar. I'm assuming once you get out there in Ohio tomorrow, I'm sure you'll be seeing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jason? You seen any scraping activity? You said a little bit in Illinois, as far right. as you were sitting on one. Yeah, this, today was really the best I've seen so far, and we've covered, covered a lot of territory. I mean, I'm up there with myself, and um, Heath Jolly's with me, too. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people in camp there. I think a lot of them are private land guys, but I think there's been like six or seven deer killed uh, since last weekend that's in the little camp we're staying in. Really? State Park place. Yeah. Yeah. There's a dude that kind of reminded me of you when I pulled in. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I pull in, and, and there's this uh, trailer, and there's all these pictures of this dude with his uh, kills on the side of his um, trailer. And I thought for a second, I was like, is that Bo? And uh, I'll be dang, it's not, but maybe in 10 years. Wait, well, hold on <laughs> a second. So what reminded you of me was the fact that he had why, pictures. Why would you ask that? Why would you ask that? <laughs> oh, uh, that's terrible. Uh, Always got to throw stones. I know. 
So much fun. Every time but, uh, Jason and I talk on the phone, it's just constant. We, we, there's no serious talk. It's just constantly just talking shit back and forth. <laughs> yeah. I will say, in on a positive note, I've almost I've had my big beer at home uh, within one time at 40 and one at 60 before I left. So that's been pretty exciting for me. It's been a beer I've been after. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I hated to leave, to be honest with you, but you know, got to chase these dreams. Yep. Yeah. And then are, are both you guys hunting with the trad bow this year again? Yeah. It's the only that, way is there anything else? Oh gosh. Here we go. <laughs> I graduated from training wheels a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a week and let me know what your thoughts are. <laughs> oh, I, know. I just, I just pick up the rifle to take out my, um, my anger every year. To get your kill on, yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> so what? What? Um, what? Nathan, what's your plan going to be for this week? Like, what are you? What are you thinking about when you get to Ohio here? Like, what's your game plan going to be for the morning? Well, I've got uh, three different areas that I'm going to scout, and uh, I went into one of them this evening. I actually had a camera in there. It's where I killed that one last year, and uh, there's just no sign in there, uh, and my camera it, it didn't have anything hopeful on it so uh i've got a uh, another area that i've uh i've been getting a few bucks i got a cell cam in this uh, in another area and the, actually just yesterday i had uh three or four different bucks hit the scrape that that camera was on so that's hopeful there and uh but uh, just doing a lot of scouting with stand on my back and uh, looking forward to the precious sun that i can find and uh spend some time up a tree so yeah what what are you what are you looking for as far as this time of year when it comes to the sign like what do you what are you thinking is fresh sign right now are you looking for scrapes or what do you what do you kind of uh, yeah here in southern ohio uh scrapes is uh the thing you want to be hunting especially right now and uh and i was looking at the app there and it's showing full range movement uh starting here in a couple of days so that's that's got me pretty excited yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That's what it just started here today with full range. And my uncle, you know, killed that one right off the bat there. And, and, uh, I was getting, getting some photos on my cell cam. It seems like the deer starting to move a little bit, but you still got to put yourself in the right place for that full range. To oh, hit yeah. effect. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know? yeah, luckily the area that I'm actually in has, it, it's really rich in uh, topography. So, uh, I think, I just, you know, just, a lot of boots on the ground, you know, putting on the miles until I find uh, what I'm looking for. So, and yeah. then after that, it's just going to be a matter of putting some time up a tree. Yep. And that's what's, it's, it's funny because, you know, the boots on the ground thing that you're talking about, like moving around, it's, you can find like great areas on the map and everything and they don't always pan out. It's just like, it's like, for me, I feel like it's a constant, just like you have like, you know, multiple places in mind and you just keep keep hitting them and keep checking and eventually you'll yeah. hit one that's that's that you know you're yeah. like yeah i know what i'm talking about or what i'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah what about you jason how much longer are you in illinois for uh <clears throat> i'm here until the sixth so um yeah i just move around a little bit more <clears throat> honestly if i don't run into any more buck signs that seems promising. I think I'm going to pull anchors this weekend and either go to Kentucky or 
go down to Ohio where Nathan is. Ohio. Come on yeah. down. We got a bed ready for you, buddy. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep um quote unquote hammering until then though. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna run it down. I feel pretty good about my spot though. I think tomorrow morning could be pretty good in there. Yeah. Is it gonna be cold there tomorrow morning? No, nah, it's going to be like in the 40s, low 40s, which, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of people are keyed up for next week in the Midwest and, uh, you know, as far as dates go. But, you know, that weather's kind of funky, but I don't think it's too crazy bad. You know, I mean, deer are going to do what deer need to do. Yeah, no, I, 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 what do you think? I, I hear you there. I mean, tomorrow, so I just came in when I came in my truck, it said 29 degrees already and it was, 56 today it's dropping quick so it's gonna be nice and cold here tomorrow morning i mean i think it's i think it'll be a good it'll be a good morning it's gonna warm up again to upper 50s by the time it gets you know two o'clock in the afternoon but i think i think the mornings could be be real good but i mean the weather thing like before you got on jace nathan and i were kind of talking a little bit next week doesn't look great as far as what we want you know from a weather standpoint but deer are going to do deer things just got to figure out what they're where they're going to be at and and that that's the hardest thing at least for me at this time of year is is you know i have 100 spots it's like which one do i have the most confidence in you know going to and 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 waiting it out you know as far as you know right now i'm going off of historical data like which is there, I, I haven't really even walked through this area much in the last probably week and a half, but I know two years in a row that there was a doe that came in in this group that was hanging out on the edge of this clear cut that came in around October 30th. So I'm kind of playing off of that. And I had an encounter with the buck that I'm hunting currently October 31st or October 30th in 2020 at 15 yards. And I didn't close the deal, but that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm playing off of right now. And I'm going to give it at least three days here. Um, well, I guess two more days and, uh, and see what happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, even with next week in the Midwest being a little warm, you do have a few different pressure changes happening. And I think can really change some things up, you know, uh, I know I mean, uh, Keith, who's with me, you know, he was kind of down about the temps. It's supposed to be like in the 70s is high, but, I mean, you have a few different fronts coming in and out, though, as far as rain. So I think that could really play a key and make things happen. Yeah, no, definitely. And what about you, Nathan? Is that going to change anything with you with uh, with the weather coming in as far as what you're looking at? Yeah, uh, we've got some rain coming in uh, as well. Uh, I think there are two days, maybe Sunday and Monday. So I think, uh, you know, I'm hoping to find something good tomorrow and uh, at least, you know, be set up for uh, that to happen because I, I think, you know, if I can find some good scrapes and stuff and we have some good rain come through, I think those bucks will be back up on their feet after all that moves through. And uh, so definitely looking forward to that. And then after that, you know, it's supposed to uh, be basically pretty weather. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna look at some benches that are on some north-facing slopes, uh, you know, so it's, it should be cooler there and uh, and probably hunt a little bit lower than I normally would too, you know. Uh, those They're going to be moving. Like you said, we just got to figure out where that's going to happen, so – no, that's that's a good that's a good point because I know in 2020, uh, the week I had off during the rut, 
was super hot. It was in the seventies and everything. And, and I was not in the right locations, but what my trail cameras told me was that they were lower and they were also in like the hemlock cover. So some of those faces that kept it a little bit cooler than yeah. everything else. So I'm going to, that's what I plan on focusing on with the, the weather is using some of that, that data and focusing on those places. And I mean, still calling for, at least as far out as I can see full range started today for the next five days or so. And, and Bill, I know you got some questions on, on this as people started seeing full range showing up as far as like, okay, do I take off work today or do I take off tomorrow? Like how, how do you use that, that data and like, how can people use it to be able to help them? Well, there's a couple of things that I do, but I think the, the primary one is if you on your area, you drop the crosshairs, you hit the Intel tab. I'm looking at, the prediction so if they're full ranges like if you have like a full range day core range core area day then like three or four full range days in a row i'll look at those full full range days and i'll look and see right below that graph there's a graph that covers temperature and, and barometric pressure i'll look at where that temperature is the lowest and where that barometric pressure is the highest and i key on those days so if i if i have like a ton of meetings or i can only take one of those four days off where it's full range I'll look for where that temperature is the lowest and where that barometric pressure is on the rise. Um, and I'll key on those. Now I, I've never seen data from the Southeast to suggest that that's helpful. Maybe people have seen that pragmatically, but I do, I can think of good studies in the Midwest and the Northeast that suggest that when you have like rising pressure and lowering temperature that you'll see m movement spurred as a result of that. So I supplement that in, in the addition to where I have like three or four, you know, full range days in a row. That makes sense. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And 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 one other thing that that you guys brought up too that I think is is important is that rain. Like, I mean, I I like when you get that rain. Right when that rain stops, it's especially you know, it seems like those scrapes is they want to freshen them up and kind of and and go check those out at that point. So like, if I see a day where it's you know raining the majority of the day, I'll still sit during it and i'm waiting for that time you know they'll move during i mean deer don't think as hard as we do about it you know what i mean but the hardest part well, is when it's raining hard is you can't you know blood trail and do all that so that's where it kind of becomes becomes an issue but i'll i'll i like to just kind of wait it out yeah <clears throat> i really like if, if, if there's a front coming in some rain coming in like um you know say tomorrow i really like the night before personally i see some of the best movement right the evening before especially this time of year i kind of tend to have better well it's about to change but more evening i feel more confident about evening hunts than morning hunts this time of year do you really i always do um but hmm. that's funny because i'm all about the mornings this time of year same mm -hmm. like yeah, for me it's, it's, a, it's a it's a morning scrape downwind of some bedding um like cold mornings that's funny yeah, I, I think Jason's wrong. That's just all no. there is to it. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm joking. Week, I, I, next week, I really have, I like mornings, but, you know, like, you know, what is it today? 27th. Yeah. I, I still like evening. I don't know what. What's it, your glasses at, Jason? I have contacts in when I'm hunting. Oh. Yeah, I'm just not used to looking at you without your glasses on. He can't yeah. get the crossbow close enough up to his face when he's wearing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> that that would make sense. 
And yeah, so he, he doesn't want to wear the contacts outside of hunting because he looks smarter when he has them on. So that's why he wears yeah. them. <laughs> people a lot easier. I hate wearing contacts, man. To be honest with you, um, I I don't like wearing glasses either. So I'm just, just born with poor genetics. I got LASIK done uh, about right before I went on my first Western hunt, so 2016, and it was like the the best thing that ever happened to me because my gla- if you would have saw my glasses when I had them, they were so thick that I, you know, I almost kind of look like bubbles on trailer park boys. Like they were just like, I yeah. had, I had, you know, I wore contacts all the time, but it sucked cause they dry out and I just, I hated, I hated all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. that's for that's for sure. But no, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this coming week. You know, no matter what the weather's doing, it's just like anything can happen at any moment, and that's where it's like that's what gets me super excited about all of it. And uh, you know, I I've been I, I'll be honest, like the last couple of weeks, I've been struggling finding deer sign and buck sign and things that I wanted to hunt. And I haven't sat in a tree in over a week until tonight because I just haven't found anything that I felt good and confident with and uh and i don't know i just have i have a thing where like i have to be confident in my spots or or i throw it It, like it's just i i feel like i'm wasting time the tree i'll start just kind of drifting off because i don't feel don't feel good about it have you ever wanted to have levi morgan andy may johnny stewart and others available at all times well, you can with Cyber Scout from Spartan Forge. Cyber Scout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. Cyber Scout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%, and if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S., and I've been using the Acura series. But they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade short barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. That's right. Confidence kills. If you don't have confidence, you're not going to have the uh, uh, patience to be able to sit there. You're going to be out moving around trying to find stuff and uh it, that's the wrong thing to do you, right now uh, we're getting close to the time that you need to be spending as much time up a tree and really preferably in a spot that you have a, a lot of confidence in so yeah confidence is what you want yeah and we're all used to hunting low deer density areas and that's where it, mm-hmm. confidence becomes difficult after days of sitting and you know i i mean other than when i was in illinois which doesn't really count like i haven't seen a buck out of the tree yet 
and it's like, <laughs> you know, that's, but that's kind of on par, you know, every once in, you know, it, it depends if I'm not on a good one and I don't feel good about it, then sometimes that happens. And it's just like, you just, it, it becomes a numbers game at that point and just sticking with it. And I know it'll eventually come together. Yeah. It's just gonna, it's going to take time. Yeah. 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 You gotta I keep, keep covering ground. I convinced myself that the longer I go without seeing a deer, that my odds are going up that I'm determined to see a deer that it's going to happen. So the long, it's like, all right, it's been six days now. It's got to happen any minute. Yep. Yeah. Every, every second that goes by that you don't see a deer, it's closer to the time that you see another one. That's, yeah, that's right. it's all about the mindset, especially during the rut. Right. I'm telling you, like that's, that's at least for me, like, because I can get in my own head so easy when it comes to, comes to the rut. And I know Nathan, you and I've talked about it before, but you're, you're big on, you know, sitting the, the same area over and over again, especially in the mountains and, and those types of areas. Yeah. Like it's just, you, you gotta, it just because, especially if you're hunting mature deer, like you're, you're hunting in spots that you're not really going to see a lot of deer. And if you are seeing a lot of young bucks and stuff, you're probably not in the spot that you're, um, going to kill a, a, an old one. At least that's what I see. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. Bill, what about you? Are you going to be doing any hunting other than with uh, Nugent after you're back there, or you just uh, you just yeah, do it? I'm this heading right up to life? your area. I'm heading right up to your area. I get home on Sunday. I'm going to probably. I think I head up to your area Tuesday, Tuesday night, and I'll be hunting up like north of Johnny's place. Um, let's let's, and, let's uh, not give any more information. <laughs> so I'll be hunting up there uh, for probably five or so days is about all I can afford to do this time of year. Cause unfortunately now I, uh, with running this company, I can't get away for too long. So I'm hoping to get it done in those four or five days. I know that area pretty well. It'll be my third year hunting up there. Um, and I'm pretty confident I'll be able to, I could have gotten it done a couple times last year if I wasn't trying to bring, uh, I was, I, I was a veteran's hunt last year. This is the last time I was up there. And I saw a 130 and a 140, but I was taking veterans, uh, like a buddy with me, with me, and uh, he fell asleep in his saddle. Um, <laughs> and and uh, so I was trying to get his attention as like a 140, 11 pointer was walking through um, during prime time, and I couldn't wake him up. And uh, I didn't think it would be a good optic to have killed a deer, being the only guy in deer camp, killing a deer on a veterans hunt that I organized. So I was trying to get his attention, throwing stuff at him, making noises. And, uh, anyway, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident in that spot going up there. So I'll be heading back there, uh, uh, yeah. shortly. I don't think Ashley's going to forget that one. Cause, uh, when he came back to camp, we made him shave off his mustache and everything. Cause he didn't, he didn't deserve it. Yeah. Never. He'll never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was funny. No, I, it's, uh, I, I think, I think you'll, I think you'll, it's you're about time. It's year three up there. It's, it's time for you to connect. Yeah, for sure. If not, we're moving someone else into the, the position of CEO. So it's, <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, that's the way it goes. <laughs> uh, be king of the mountain, right? Yep, definitely. Uh, Jason, what what are you so in Illinois? Like, what kind of terrain and stuff are you hunting there this this time? And you're like, what what's it look like without giving away too much? Man, I mean, honestly, it's uh really diverse i mean there's swamps there's bluff country ag rolling hills it's a little bit of everything depending on what county you go to in this region 
Uh, I kind of went to the steeper, more terrain-rich stuff first, but they've been in a drought here. Uh, it was pretty dry up there sun-wise, so I am finding more sun closer to water. So, uh, you know, creeks and I actually found a good swamp I'm going to go check out tomorrow, which I don't know a lot about swamp hunting, to be honest with you, but we're, I'm going to go check it out. What kind of swamps? Uh, the, the, sorry, go ahead. Do what? I, I was just going to say you might find Dan Infault in, in there somewhere. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I mean, they, they are this river bottom swamps. So I'm not far off the Ohio River here. And uh, hmm. so I found a good one today. And I'm going to check it out tomorrow after I hunt in the morning. But I'm going to keep pushing back. Uh, right now where I'm set up is some rolling rolling hill country with some good creeks running through with private land ag with blocks of just mixed hardwoods and, um, and evergreens, you know, like pine thickets. So, um, yeah, I'm just... Uh, you know, those those creeks provide really good um, cruising points down here. It's what I've noticed a lot of the, you know, because they're, they're pretty high high walls. So the crossings are pretty solid and the trails run them really well until they, you know, find that crossing. So if you can find some diversity in there, I, th- I think that's that's pretty good. Uh, that's where I've seen a lot, most of the sign, to be honest with you. Yeah, and especially as you get into the next week and, and as you start doing some more cruising and everything there, I'm sure that would be pretty good. And it's what so like it's funny, you know, you talked about swamps. I never I can never figure out kind of the definition of swamp what a swamp is, because like what I call a swamp and I've talked to people that hunt other swamps in the Midwest and it's like not the same at all. You know, I, I picture like areas that well, I mean, I guess there's marsh and swamp, but like a lot of the swamps that I run into are like just wet areas that you, when you step into it, it might go up to like your knee kind of mossy type stuff. It's not like, you know, wader type stuff. Is that what, what are you looking at there? Uh, well here, there's actually both of those. Uh, you know, I kind of call it when it's just marshy like that, like a bog or something like that. Uh, you know, but down here by the river, it's it's pretty flooded, some flooded timber, you know, which backs in some bottom land and then also surrounded by some hill country. So, yeah, it's pretty diverse here. But, yeah, I, I, it's just a place I've never – you've covered this much country and not seen a lot of signs. Something's up. And I've talked to some locals, and they say that it's – they said that the deer haven't, they don't lay much sign down here, which is kind of odd to me. I don't know. I thought very, sim- very similar in North Dakota, like this time of year, you're not seeing the amount of sign that you would expect in a place like Southern Maryland, where I hunt uh, or where I used to hunt up until a couple of years ago, there'd be like the amount of sign there compared to a place like North Dakota is just like a hundredfold, like way, 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 way more sign. Whereas, um, uh, in the Midwest, I find there's not nearly as much. Um, and I think that's got to do with, um, deer numbers and competition, but. Yeah. I, I've got a buddy that's right across the border here, uh, in Kentucky and he scouts and runs cameras on both. And, and he said that, uh, it's night and day, the amount of sign in Kentucky versus Illinois. Um, I don't know what that is. I don't know. Seems like I'm hunting ghosts. I got all fired up here in that um, 
gobbler goblin that almost wanted to change strategy <laughs> <laughs> well it, it, it is funny i think it's the hardest thing of like going to a uh, new place is figuring out what good sign looks like and yeah like every time it takes me if a few days to even get a gauge on it. Like I remember the first time I went to Southern Ohio, I'd find these just like just giant scrapes everywhere. And then like trying to figure out what was actually a good one. Or like when I would always hunt, not always, but I'd hunt Crick bottoms a lot in Pennsylvania and I would go to Ohio and it's like, that's nighttime activity in the bottom of some of those drainages. And it was just like, took me a little bit to, 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 figure that out and it was but just the sign that i was seeing was incredible like the scrapes were just huge like i don't know and they'd always be i don't know if if you see this nathan or i know jason you've hunted down there too but like they were like perfect circles like our 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 deer are just like trashy and they do whatever the hell they want and they're just like you know (laughs) it might be like half crooked off to this side they kick it up you know and go in ohio they take their time and they they make these like perfect little circles that are (laughs) there but it's it's it is tough to 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 kind of gauge what good sign is until you spend spend some time there i guess yeah. yeah yeah that's the fun of it though i mean i love going to a new place kind of blind like this and uh, i mean for me it makes me hunt a lot more aggressive you know like at home if you get stuck on something like a target deer like you're a little more scientific and you know um mm-hmm. on your approach but you know when i go out of state it's like gloves are off i just go and if I, you know if i bump a deer mess it up i just go until i find it again which is I think it's important to, you know, hunt areas that have big tracks too, so they can do that for you. Yeah, no, that that's, that's true. And I, 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 I was just thinking that, you know, cause I'm, I've been hunting the same deer for three years and I'm so cautious when I'm hunting them and I hate it. Like I can't get that block out of my head, but when I go to other spots, I tend to do better because I just hunt you know and but when you're you get so focused and you start knowing too much almost about the deer and then it just yeah. it's just oh I, I i hate it like i i i'm in that rut with that deer this year as far as just trying to i i'm i'm not not hunting like i should and i know it <laughs> man i had that happen this year uh the first i had told nathan i was confident and jordan as well i was like i'm pretty confident i'm gonna see that deer tonight and Sure enough, I saw him, but I was, I was being cautious and set up downwind of the scrape when I was like, really should have been right on top of it. Cause he had two trails coming in there, but I was just playing it too safe. And if it, if it had been anywhere else, I'd have been sitting right there, just ready to rock. And he walked right up under the other tree that I was going to sit on. So <laughs> just, oh, uh, was sick. I, I, in my opinion, uh, I do the same thing out of state hunts. I'm way more aggressive than I am at home. And I'm trying to get out of that. Uh, in other words, I'm trying to be more aggressive in my own uh, home territory, too. Um, so, yeah, a, a man, every time he goes in the woods, he needs to go with the intention of killing. You know, uh, if you go in there just uh, uh, trying to be too careful, uh, you'll let the opportunity slip away. And I'm as bad for it as anybody. <laughs> it, it's it's so easy. You know, I was just when, when yeah. I did a podcast with Johnny and my dad and my cousin Mason, the other, we were talking about it. it's so easy to give advice to someone else of what not to do. And then when it comes back yeah. to you, it's like, oh, you kind of get paralyzed <laughs> by the idea. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I Man. I don't know. It's it's difficult. There's a, I bet there's about six folks in camp that have e-bikes. What do you think about that? Huh? What do you think about those? Man, I don't think they should, they should be uh, allowed in national forests, personally. But yes, you yeah. want to ride them on private land. I mean, national forests, I think, you know, everybody should have to do it all. But I also think that we should be having primitive only seasons, too. So. Oh, man. <laughs> my, thought, my, thought, my thought on the e-bikes is I think it would be a happy medium if you could use them to get your deer out. So in other words, you got to hike in, but you know, cause I'm, I freak, I'm 39. I'll be 40 this year. It's getting to be a lot to drag a deer up, you know, a mile and a half or to go and grab a cart and go in and out. So if you could use the e-bike for that, I think that'd be kind of cool, but people would abuse it. It wouldn't work. I don't I drag the things out no more. Yeah. I pack them out. Heck with oh, that. Yep. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, I probably should do that more often, but I don't. I'll usually call a friend and ask him to come help me. Packing them out yeah. so much nicer. You don't have to, then when you get home, you don't even have the work to do because it's already done. Exactly. Like that's the worst that's thing right. is you get back after this long drag or whatever, and and then you then you have to take care of it, or it's the next morning, and it's just like, yeah, I would so much rather just pack them out. The only time I drag them out is one if Johnny tells me I should because he wants to see it hanging at camp. Or, or it's just, it's close and it's easier to do it that way. But for the most part, I would so much rather just pack them out. Hey, Bill Phillips is on here. Hey, Bill Phillips. How you doing, buddy? Sorry. I saw his name down there. Yeah, I I, I don't, yeah, I guess I I haven't done it that way because I always let them hang. And and generally, like when I was living in Maryland, I had a freezer that I put them in and let them hang for days. Um, So I guess that was probably the reasoning why I did that. But now that I'm out in West Virginia, I really don't have an excuse. So I suppose I could start packing them out because those hills in West Virginia will kill a man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, around home, far, as far as some of the deer we have to go after, like, yeah, you drag all the meat off of them before you get it back to the truck. <laughs> <laughs> You'd drag a skeleton back, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> two of you actually I, i'd be a skeleton after dragging that thing so the, the last one i drug out in in pa that uh that i did by myself and i should have cut up was i really wanted to show everybody camp the body size on it which is a very good indication that you should cut it up first of all and <laughs> second of all i was like i had to drag it through a cut but i was trying not to ruin the cape on it because you know going through all these blowdowns and just branches cut off and stuff so i'm like trying to keep the head up while i'm doing it it about killed me like i got back to the truck and i couldn't get it in the back of the truck and i'm like not no not happening anymore because it's like the the hole from like behind the shoulders back because i was keeping that off was just like there was like no hair on it and it was shredded down i just kept getting (laughs) caught and everything but yeah where, where you guys where you guys are at that's like that's some big mountain country like there's i i wouldn't even think twice about that yeah, I know yeah, the low timers that used to. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it's quicker too. Packing them out, uh, you, you know, it, some of the places that, uh, that me and Jason uh, might get into, it would take you a day to, uh, with help, to get a deer out or longer. Yeah. Right, I got it, I got uh, it, I got it. I'll pack them out. I'll pack them out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's that's for sure. I mean, what's cooler from a um, 
influencer perspective is the back of the truck full body or would it be yeah i like looking i like looking in the box i like looking in the box my 89 f-150 and seeing the uh, antlers yeah bo what do you think (laughs) i knew i knew knew that you're going with that i don't know i i uh i just i don't care whatever except for like it it definitely doesn't look as sexy when uh, someone's taking pictures, uh, you know, in your back of the truck and you just have the head and the, the cape or just the head that's yeah. chopped off there, um, that that definitely doesn't look as pretty, I guess, for the for the Instagram. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, really, you know, with modern trucks these days, it, it doesn't look near as cool as like, like an 84, 84 Chevy with like a Budweiser in your hand type tailgate photo. That's I mean, so those days are gone. Oh, oh no! Out, out in North Dakota, I've got my '89 F-150 parked right outside of my cabin. That's where I used for the deer out there. Hey, Adrian is on here. What's up, Adrian? Yeah, and he said that Jason and him drug out a bear a couple of years ago in the mountains is the worst day of his life. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we did drag a bear out. It wasn't that far though. I mean, but he's a flatlander, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I just I just did a, a podcast with a guy yesterday that was talking about um cuz it was like always been up in the air. No one knew the legality in Pennsylvania whether you could pack out a bear because you have to take it to a check station and a way station. Uh, um but you are allowed to to pack them out. You just have to take everything there essentially when it comes down to it but and he was like yeah for a while he's like i just never wanted to shoot a bear way back in there because it's just like how am i going to get this thing out and oh yeah dragging it would be so one thing we did in southern ohio before that when i was when i was hunting down there with my dad and a couple of his buddies with deer was we had we found a giant like log that we used as a pole and we tied the hoofs up against it and we had two people and we carry them that way out. And that was actually not very hard. That was a pretty simple way of doing it too. But uh, I'd still, I'd still personally rather pack them out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, dragging a bear, getting a bear out without packing it out is pain in the butt. Like that one we dr- drug of Adrian's, he did have this nifty thing like, he had like a ski rope handle with some ski rope or something on it. And, you know, so just one of you could grab each side of the ski rope handle and just take off. That worked pretty well. Hmm. It doesn't sound like it worked that well. Yeah. Adrian did. <laughs> oh, it sucked. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. It sucks dragging stuff, man. All right, so I got a question here. Are you worried about ground scent this time of year or does searching for hot sign the priority? So let's start with you, Jason, on that one. Man, I mean, ground scent for me, I I don't pay a lot of attention to it unless the foliage is up to my knees. Like if it's just leaves, I don't pay as much attention to ground scent. So I don't really worry about um you know, something cutting my back trail. Uh, what was the question about the doe? Oh, or it said, or is just hot does being a priority basically mean you're not worried about ground scent? Um, I mean, I don't think they're chasing quite yet, um, uh, here anyway. Uh, but yeah, I'm, in those transition areas between doe bedding is, is definitely a priority for me, but I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't worry about 
the ground soon at all, unless it's up to my knees. Nathan, what do you think? You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a consumer-based hunting show unlike any other. It provides an interactive learning experience where you can try all things mobile hunting and learn from the best in the business. Come experience an unbiased, community-based environment where you can improve your hunting skills and find the right equipment for your needs. I'll be speaking at the Nor'easter Show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at Spooky Nook Sports from August 9th to 11th, 2024. So come check it out or either of the other shows in uh, Michigan and Georgia. You can purchase tickets online at the mobilehuntersexpo.com or grab tickets at the door. I'll see you there. Uh, Yeah, that's something that I do uh, pay special attention to uh, personally. Um, Not necessarily uh, in the between places. In other words, you know, whenever I'm out like, you know, tomorrow – I'm going to be, uh, I'll have several places, uh, in mind that I'm going to, uh, check out. And as I'm, you know, making tracks, uh, between the places, I don't worry too much about it, but once I start getting close, then I start worrying about it. And I just make sure that I don't touch anything, you know, where I'm walking through the woods, I'm not uh, grabbing branches or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look ahead and, and just not touch anything, you know, um, that's that's the way that I do it. So, I'm I don't know. My dad just uh, he, he kind of instilled that into me years and years ago, and I've just always you know uh, stuck by that rule, and uh, it, it works pretty good. So, yeah, no, that that makes sense. I'm laughing at Carter's comment asking if he could take a ride on the rut stash. Um, That's what I'm saying too. Yeah, what do we got so, going on here? Nathan's talking serious here, and that pops up right in my face over top of <laughs> Nathan's. Uh, yeah, of course, Carter. It's it's uh, yeah, we have a discount on that this time of year. Um, <laughs> Bill, what do you what do you think about ground scent? Uh, early season and late season, I'll I care about ground scent more than I do this time of year. I'll use creeks. I like to use creeks. I go out of my way to try to use water to enter into areas and uh, just be cognizant of how I think the deer will moving early season, late season. But during the rut, um, I really don't think about it as much because my strategy during the rut is to find active scrapes or scrapes that are downwind of doe bedding. So if I get into a spot where I think there'll be an active scrape, if the sun starts coming up and it doesn't look like it's been getting hit or I don't see does moving in, I'm, I'm getting on the ground and I'm scouting and going to the next spot where I think there might be scrapes or where I know there are scrapes to get set up. So I'm really, I'm really not in a position where I can, you know, really think about those things. And on top of that, during the ride, I've seen bucks and does running right across my trail, especially when there's chasing and that type of thing. So I don't pay as much attention. Long story short, I don't pay as much attention to it during the ride. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm similar to it. I still, I'm still very cognizant of like, I don't try to cross trails if I don't have to, like, as far as I try to make it a point to not 
walk on a trail or like say if for example if i have a camera setting up in front of me on a scrape i don't check it when i go into the to the spot you know i always set a goal time that i'll I'll climb down if i'm sitting all day and just go check it but it's typically um you know say say i have noon or whatever time that is then then i will go down but i i don't i don't go overboard with it like i'm not wearing rubber boots or doing anything with it one thing i will do during the rut is if someone brings a buck a rutting buck into camp that they killed i'll cut the tarsals off i learned this from my dad and i tie it to my boot when i get close to the uh to my tree and i walk and i just walk in with that the rest of the way and i hang that tarsal on a branch kind of in front of me and uh you got to make sure too if you're using a tarsal that if you're going to use it multiple days, you refrigerate it because it'll just turn to rotten meat. And that that's obviously no good, but I've had bears follow me right to my tree from doing that. I've had deer come in right on the trail with that tarsal gland. And, and, um, I, I do like to do things like that if I have the ability to, to have that. So that's just, um, yeah, I guess something that, that, that I'll focus on, but for, for the most part during, during the rut, it's, it's not, I'm not as particular as I am earlier in the season. What's this? Uh, Adrian's got a question for Nathan. Nathan, are you going to focus more on doe bedding this time of year or food sources and preference? Uh, actually, neither. Um, I'm looking for terrain features that's going to funnel uh, bucks by me or uh I really like multiple terrain features, you know, uh, compounding terrain features. It's going to put as many um, bucks in front of me as possible. You know, the, the more you have coming together in one spot, the the more your odds go up uh, of, of having an encounter with a big deer, you know. So, I mean, the, the, the bucks, really, they're not going to be worried about uh, uh, food as much, especially, you know, uh, coming up really shortly you know they're they're going to be uh putting the miles on so you know like i said you know any place you can put yourself into that has you know good terrain features it's going to funnel big bucks and especially the ones that have you know really good buck sign in them uh, those are hard to beat yep what about you jason i'll even though no one asked you i'm gonna ask you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah no i mean i'm the same this time of year i start hunting the terrain um because i'm just looking for bucks so i mean obviously that terrain if it's between food and bedding that's that's the ideal situation right yeah and i I mean like i mean and one thing you know like it's i always like to look for like mature buck sign but when you're hunting terrain features during the rut you know if you have any buck sign there you know, more likely it's not the only one that's cruising through there at that time. So that's just a good idea for people. If you see it, like even though you may be hunting a mature buck, you know, any sign is good sign if it's buck sign and these terrain features. Yeah. And something else too, you know, the areas that uh, we're, we're hunting, you know, we don't have designated uh, food sources, you know, uh, and, and bedding too, you know, sometimes the bedding, you know, it, it's, it's, you got huge thickets or it's thick everywhere, yeah. you know? So really it doesn't make sense to concentrate on just obeying or just, uh, uh, food because, uh, it's, it's absolutely everywhere. So, you know, concentrating on places, it's going to funnel, uh, cruising bucks, you know, as close as possible to, you know, and as many, 
uh, those type of places, you know, that come together. That that's really what is going to that's that's what's going to put one in front of you better than anything. Yeah, it'll drive you nuts sometimes if you're trying to just focus on betting when it comes to especially that time of year. But like, is some you know does will just feed and then they'll lay down for a little bit and then they'll move a little bit and feed yeah. and lay down a little bit. And it's, it's difficult. And it's every once in a while I'll come across a situation where I'll find like does that like to bed in this same type of area. Like, and especially mm-hmm. if I get like an old cut with some briars in it, like they like that, you know, that's kind of what my setups was tonight. And I'm, then I'm going to hunt again tomorrow. And I, I, I tend to focus if I can find those doe groups earlier, like, right now through like the first couple of days of November on that. And then I shift directly to travel corridors and those terrain features from, from that standpoint. Cause it's like when you, especially when you have low deer density, those bucks got to go a ways a lot of times to find deer. So it's like, try to, to find doe that's going to come into heat. So just try to put yourself in a place where they're going to travel through at some point and, uh, and just kind of hang out, I guess. Yeah, I think that's one of the mistakes people make in mountain situations, mountain buck situations is I will sit a set for five or six days if I have uh-huh. confidence in it. And I think a yeah. lot of people will abandon it after like day two or day three if they haven't seen anything. Um, if I, I, I'm fine with going like after examining all of the GPS data that I've looked at. And in Pennsylvania, I actually have live GPS data. These bucks are making like five, six mile loops. And it might take, if they do catch a doe during that loop, it might take them four or five, six days to get back to check their other scrapes. So I have, when I have confidence in a set, I have no problem. Like Western Maryland, uh, Pennsylvania, places where I hunt, I have no problem staying in the same stand. And I actually quite like it. Like I'll hang the stand. I'll leave everything, but if it's allowed, I'll leave my bow, uh, or I'll leave my um, stand and take my bow and just keep hitting the same stand for five, six, seven days. Um, whereas a lot of people think I'm crazy, but after looking at the GPS data, like it's, it's clear to me that those bigger, older bucks will have like a, like an excursion that they'll do starting like between the 28th to like the fourth in that area I just talked about where they're making a big loop looking for that first doe. So I'll sit a stand for a long time and have mm-hmm. no, no issues. Yeah. Yeah, if you're playing hopscotch with uh, these mountain bucks, you're hurting yourself. Uh, it, it's an odds game. Uh, and so you just need to have just a handful of places that you can, you know, work the wind. You know, if it, uh, you know, no matter what the wind is doing, at least you'll have a place to go to. But, uh, you know, the more time you spend in uh, really good areas, uh, that that's what it's all about. That That's... That's what's going to put a big one in your in the back of your truck or on your back or whatever, <laughs> or on a pole, I, or on I'm the pole. Having, I'm still having problems with this bow. Sorry, it's, it's, it's kind of got me distracted. <laughs> so you're saying you're saying you actually carried a deer on the pole? How big was this deer? Because I mean, I mean, you know, well, one was a, I don't know, five or six year old Ohio deer, and one was a three year old. That was the two that I've been a part of in the carrion. And you're like, how tall are you? Really tall. Okay. No, 5'10". <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were shorter than that. My bad. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I round up to the nearest 10 inches. Yeah, for sure. 
I'm not a midget, but I know, but I'm tall either. It's gonna be rough on the other person that you know be dragging on one side. (laughs) That's what you've been sitting there stewing on, huh? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's that's that's probably why I have to hunt by myself so much is because whoever goes with me, uh, they're drawing the short end of the stick because (laughs) you know at five eight, one hundred and sixty pounds, I I don't have that much effort to help. So. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny like whenever I it's whenever I go with like my dad's side of the family super tall and like all my cousins and my uncles and stuff are all 63, 64 and like even trying to keep up with them when their legs go up to my shoulders and they're walking through it's like it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, but like going through Laurel or I mean or through Roto and thickets though, like my buddy Heath that I'm hunting with right now, he's he's quite a bit shorter than me and he can like just zip under things so much easier and I'm like getting caught oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. See look right I there. We the the real hollow hunter wrote in the pole deal is something we use a lot until we bought packs. Have carried at least fifteen bears <laughs> and six to seven bucks with two guys. Talk about that. There Jason. you go. There you That's go. What I'm talking about. I mean that that definitely looks way cooler. That's like you have the pole and then a canvas tent and it's money. Yeah, flannels, flannels, a bear, a bear rug around you. That would be just that. That would, you'd fit in really nice down in Asheville. I know, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jason's crowd. That's what, I got, that's what I got going on in my teepee right now. I've got like um, black lights and stuff in it. <laughs> i can see it it's some of those crystals yeah i don't i don't even know what you're talking about so i don't either those energy crystals those hippies the hippies talk about all the time i've got those in my tent for good spirits like the salt ones yes I, yeah i think yeah, i think you need another one or two because your your attitude isn't isn't fully hippie i would say yeah exactly it's <laughs> Yeah, turn Need that thing, turn that thing up to ten, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we got another question for Nathan. Do you still think we have the volume of deer in our mountains as we used to years ago? No, uh, but I do think that it's uh, the population is starting to uh, get a little bit better. Um, the people just aren't hunting uh, our mountains like they did, you know, back in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands, and um, I think that helps. So, I don't know. I've I've noticed an increase in sign over the past four or five seasons. So I do think it's getting better, and and the the buck quality is is as good now as it's ever been, in my opinion. Good to know. Well, I mean, it just I've been in, living in Western North Carolina for thirteen years, and the amount of deer I've seen now compared to like five years ago is definitely different. Um, like like Nathan was saying, there's just a lot more deer in the woods than there used to be. We're seeing that in Pennsylvania maybe- too. The same thing when, you know, when I was, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, but when I was, uh, when I was 12 years old, like you couldn't, it was difficult to see a deer throughout the season. Like it was really tough. And now, you know, every once in a while I'll see a doe group of six or seven does and it's like, holy cow, this is awesome. You know, yeah. I can remember years ago, uh, well, not too far back, really, but, 
you know, like during the winter, be out shed hunting or scouting or something other and, and make like a eight or 10 mile loop and maybe cut one or two tra- uh, sets of tracks. And, uh, and there are still areas that I can go into that's like that. But uh, for the most part, you'll run into places now that has, you know, quite a bit of deer signs. So they, they wrote back and said they agreed to an extent, but seeing a ton of more bears now. Oh yeah. They it, uh, were, the, the bear population has just seemed to have exploded, uh, over the past, uh, 15 years or so. Uh, I think that's everywhere. Yeah. You, like, you can't, even up uh, in North Dakota. Out. Yeah. Even up in North Dakota where I've never, I, I ran cameras up there for 10 years and never saw any bear in the last three years. Um, I consistently get bear on my cameras all the time. And I know Garrett Prawl, the DIY sportsman, um, his cameras in Wisconsin and Minnesota are primarily bear. He sees wow. more bear than he does deer now. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did I tell you I saw a, a wolf while I was up there? What's that? I saw a wolf while I was in North yeah, Dakota. Yeah. No, no yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. 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 That was pretty cool. Jason, I think that the recent ones for you, the recent comment, how are you guys doing? Did you read it? No. <laughs> okay. Jason can't read. I can't read. He doesn't have the glasses on. I, exactly. I can't see anything. Have Jason and, and Nathan, have your guys' uh, success dropped since you went traditional? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Your, your opportunities, uh, you, you're going to see the same thing, obviously, but you might as well cut your range in half. And, uh, and, and plus, I mean, I've, I've had bucks walk through almost under my tree and, uh, and, and never be able to pull off a shot. But I mean, that can happen with a compound too. But, uh, you know, you, you got the, the difference between a compound and traditional equipment is distance and uh, shot angle because there's, uh, you know, some shot angles, you know, that you might would take with the compound that you're not going to take with a trad bow. And also, you know, uh, a traditional bow uh, is harder man- to maneuver in a tree than a compound is. So uh, y- you just got to accept that uh, challenge uh, whenever you decide that you want to go with, tradi- you know, trad equipment. I mean, that's just all they are to it. You're just going to, uh, you're not going to be as successful. But I do feel like that it uh, helps uh, uh, mold you into a better woodsman, you know, because you're looking at things uh, through a a, um, a magnifying glass, uh, so to speak. Whereas uh, with you know a tradi- you know just a regular bow or uh, firearms or something like that, you're you're not thinking about things as um, minute as you would uh, with a uh, you know traditional equipment in your hand so and it just it's worth it when when you pull it all together i mean and you you have to yes. be out there for more of a reason than just filling tags i'll tell you that because it is yeah to nathan's point harder but i've also found since i've you know what i mean even with the bow but even more with a traditional bow even when i gun hunt it seems like my setup's so much tighter i haven't shot a deer over 50 yards with a gun and i can't tell you how long you know like mm-hmm. It just makes you think of things so much differently. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine it would make you a better woodsman because you have to, you, you have to fine tune those, those setups like to be <laughs> on point. Otherwise you're just out of the game. Like you're not, you're not setting up with a, you know, a 45 yard window over here and this and that you're, you're in tight on it. I mean, you're, you're looking for a, you know, what would, I don't know if there is a chip shot with a trad bow. I'm not, not a trad bow hunter, but you know, something that's you're really confident in. Well, yeah, you got to get well, you know, better at setting up. I mean, like your yeah. setups, how you position your stand, because, and even when you're getting ready to shoot, you really got to be thinking about these other things besides the shot, like what your limb clearance is, string mm-hmm. contact possibilities. Like there's just so much more going on, I think, uh, because also you can't, you know, when you draw, you can't draw that stick bow back and hold it for, you know, an hour like you can with a wheel bow. I'm just joking, but, you know, like it's just, there's just so many little things that have to happen and it's uh i don't know i like it it's, it seems i mean it's just like it's intense when it's all going down but you have to be real calm about the situation and really be situationally aware yeah nathan did you have something you wanted to add to that yeah i was just going to say that you know a lot of people are timid intimidated by uh a t- traditional bow you know as far as getting into shooting it because they think that uh, uh y- you know yeah they are harder to shoot but once you reach uh, a certain level of uh, confidence i guess might be the the best way to explain it but you know what uh, I-, I know that whenever a deer is within my comfortable shooting range I know that I can make that shot just as easy as I could a compound. Um, so it, to, to me, it's not that much more difficult to shoot a trad bow. It's just, um, it, it really cuts your opportunities in half. Would you agree with that, Jason? Yeah. But, and I think also you, you can't, well, I mean, I guess you can, but you can't be a guy that just, or a gal that just picks your weapon up a week before season and, and think that's right have yeah. that confidence built i mean like with the stick bow everything is you know very instinctual and it has to be repetitive so yeah only way you can build that muscle memory is through repetition so you have yeah. to constantly shoot those things that that way you get to that point like nathan says to where you just know it's going you know when it's in that window it's going down but yeah things still, things still happen but uh that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I think I'm a little ways out before uh, before going down that route. I think it's. I think it uh, would be fun to do. I just and I have a hard enough time with the compound at this point that I, I got a ways away before doing that. <laughs> well, no, well, nobody really gives you a hard time when you miss with a uh, stick bow, though. That's another <laughs> good, you know, incentive. Wait, could you say that again? And you broke up. I, I said, uh, people really don't give you crap when you miss if they know you shoot a oh. stick bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's that angle. Yeah, you that's know? that's good. I Maybe I should try that. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you keep missing with a wheel bow, everybody's like, oh, you got target panic. But, you know, you can get away with a lot, you know, as far as misses when it comes to the stick bow. Yeah, I know. It's like. South Cox is like one of my favorite people to watch and like watch a mule deer hunt and stuff. And he's incredible, but you know, he'll miss two or three deer a video and, and then he gets it done and it's just like no one bats an eye at it. Cause it's just it's a stick bow and yeah. that's the way it is. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think? Is there any other questions, Bill, that you saw come up that we should answer before we wrap this thing up? Um, not that I saw. I think, uh, I mean, I think anybody, any one of these people could message any of us on our Instagrams and we probably respond, uh, if we missed yeah. something. Um, so I, I appreciate everyone coming on and I hope everyone has good luck this year with the rut. Yeah, yep. definitely. Yeah. Hope everybody stays safe. For sure. Yep. And, and, uh, Nathan, Jason, Bo, thanks for, uh, for coming on and doing this. Yeah. Absolutely. I think one last thing I do want to say, uh, Spartan Forge related bill, you answered it in the comments, but, uh, I, I'd, I'd saw a couple of the questions come up about importing waypoints from other applications. And, uh, I just put together a video I sent to the guys there that they're going to upload on how to do it, but it's pretty simple. Basically you just export it and your content from whatever app that you're using in the past, save it to your desktop, and then re-import it and on the web app of Spartan Forge that's now live, the beta version of its live. So you can do that pretty simply if you want to and uh, be able to do it. For me, I kind of liked the clear slate when I went to it because I had too many waypoints and uh, I couldn't even see the map. So I had to, for, for me, I don't even want to look at those old waypoints. I just have them saved somewhere that maybe on a rainy day I'll go through. Yeah, and uh, the web app is up. We're not advertising it because it's a beta. The, the 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 purpose of the web app is to transfer points and for you to uh, you know look at work. Um, we'll we're gonna build in a boss key where you can push like S five and F five and it'll bring up an Excel spreadsheet. I think that's the next thing I'm building into it. But for right now, it's uh, so just you can hide so you it can at work. <laughs> hide it at work, right? But uh, there's a few, there's a, there's only, it's limited on the web app, but um, we'll be expanding it here every couple of weeks. We'll be releasing 3D maps and the new My Content um, set up here either tomorrow or maybe like Tuesday, depending on how things go. And then shortly after that, we'll, we will be releasing um, our Hillshade map um, with like uh, colored ISO lines for certain elevations. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's not like nothing anyone here has ever seen before. Um, it's like a 3D graphic map. It looks awesome. We'll be releasing that shortly after. And we got some cool stuff planned for late November as well. Sweet. All right. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I hope everyone has luck. We're all going to be hitting the woods in the morning. Uh, Bill, tell Uncle Ted I said hello. And, uh, Will do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, good luck everybody and, and everyone that's, that's tuned in. Thanks. And we'll see you next time, I guess. Good luck guys. Thank you. Bye guys. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.